everybody. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. It's great to have you with us. Thank you, team. You don't have to stay here the whole time. I'm not going to be long anyway. We'll see you again shortly. There's an old Easter tradition that on Easter Sunday, the person on stage, they say, He has risen. And the people in the crowd say, He has risen indeed. So let's try that. He has risen. Oh, that was pretty good. I reckon we could do a tiny bit better. The kids can join in on this one too. He has risen. Yes, fantastic. I love it. Whoa. Hey, it's great to have you here with us. And no matter what your story is that's brought you here today, we're just stoked you're here. I'm going to keep it short. Uh, I'll do my best to do that. But Easter... The Easter story, ultimately, if you know nothing about it, it celebrates a love story. Jesus said it like this in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We're here today to celebrate the story of Jesus not just coming to earth, not just dying for us, not just revealing God to us, but being raised to new life for us as well. You know, often people come into our church building just down the road here on Newton Street, and they sometimes, the more religious among them, they ask why there are no crosses in the building. Because crosses are things that are supposed to be very important to churches. People wear them, people get them tattooed, but I want to tell you, we don't have crosses in our building because we believe in an empty tomb. That the cross, as powerful as it is, is not the ultimate icon of our faith, but an empty tomb is. That Jesus went through the cross, but the great full stop on the story is the empty tomb. He is risen. Oh, yeah, you're a bit slow that time. Hey, I've been playing a bit of golf lately. I, I know you're either passionate about golf or you hate golf. And that's okay because golf's hard. But as I've been playing golf, I've, I've been trying to improve, trying to improve, trying to improve. I'm not really doing very good at it, but I feel like if, something, if you're going to do something, you might as well try and improve at it. And... Uh, I've realized as I've been pondering this thing, we live in a big self-improvement culture. Have you noticed that? That we're trying to improve everything. If you walk through Bayfair, you walk through the mall, all of the shops, they're trying to improve things for you. They're trying to improve the way you look. They're trying to improve the way your lips are presented. You can get some stuff injected in there. They're trying to improve your cheekbones. There's whole stores for makeup to improve. You can improve how we are feeling today with some coffee that we live in a culture obsessed with self-improvement. People post online about tips for improving and really our whole society, our whole secular society is based on the assumption that we can keep improving and if we just keep improving, eventually we'll be able to fix every problem. 
If we just have the right political structure, if we just have the right people in charge, if we just have the right education, if we can just learn the right things through the sciences, we can improve and we can create a utopia. And is it possible, I think, that in a culture that's obsessed with improving, that's obsessed with going to the gym, going to the yoga studio, going to another retreat to try and be that better version of yourself, is it possible that we can be tempted to just think of Jesus as another thing that we can use on our path to improvement? The confronting thing about the Easter story is that it doesn't say that we're pretty good and just need some improving. It doesn't say that we're a little bit broken and we just need a little bit of tweaking. Actually, the Easter story says that we are dead and we are in need of resurrecting. We are indeed in need of new life. He is risen. He has risen indeed. And I think every one of us, we need to experience two types of resurrection in our life. Two types of resur re resurrection. First, we need to experience a resurrection now. But before that can happen, we need to properly die. Does anyone like zombie movies? Love a good zombie movie. The undead, they're sort of dead, but they're not dead. It's a great metaphor for humanity. We're not fully dead. We sort of look like we're alive, but we're just driven by our desires and by our cravings. But we need to become properly dead so Jesus can resurrect us. You can't have new life without first having death. We're loved by God, but we've become enemies of God in this world. We're rebels who need to lay down our arms. We're not just broken. We're sinful and rebellious and the good news of Easter is that Jesus Christ wants to resurrect us to a life that is truly life. He wants to reverse the power of sin. He wants to reverse the rebellion in our heart. He wants to take away the heart of stone that doesn't want to do what we know we should do, that doesn't know how to love God. And he wants to see that thing dead and bring us a heart that is soft towards him. He wants to give us a new heart and a new life and a new freedom through his death, burial and resurrection. But to experience this born again life, this freedom, this forgiveness, we must die. Jesus said this in John 3 verse 3, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is already old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I don't know if you do Easter egg hunts in your house. We do Easter egg hunts in our house. We get the, the basket and the kids go find the eggs. And I think many of us are like that in life. We're trying to pick up everything we can get a hold of. 
We're trying to uh, hold on to all of the things. We're trying to hold on to our dreams and we're trying to hold on to our desires. We're trying to hold on to our hopes. We're holding on to our pain. We're holding on to our offenses. We're holding on to our story. And as we try to hold everything and make it through life like a kid holding too many eggs, they seem to spill over and we're trying to pick them up and we're trying to get through life by holding on to it. The thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus has come that we may have life and life to the full. But I want to tell you, you can never experience the life while you keep treating Jesus as just another egg, just another thing you're trying to hold on to. With Jesus, we need to let all of the eggs go. We need to let all of our hopes go and all of our dreams go and all of our desires go. And we need to let all of our pain go. And we need to let all of our shame go. And we need to let all of our guilt go. And when we let it go in Jesus' arms, He resurrects us to new life. The type of life that the Easter story celebrates is not a life that can just be added to you. You first have to let go before it can be resurrected from the inside of you. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. And I just want to ask a simple question today. Have you died so that Jesus can bring you back to new life? Not just have you believed, not just have you thought about it, but have you truly died? Have you gone through your own cross experience so you too can have an empty tomb experience in your life? Have you laid your life down so that Jesus can come and bring you new life? I don't know what has stopped you up until this point from giving your life over to Jesus, but I want to tell you there's no better day than right now in sober reserve to begin being born again in the new life that Jesus comes to give you. His resurrection doesn't just come to give us resurrection now, but His, resurre His resurrection speaks to our hope to be resurrected also in the future. The hope of the story of the empty tomb is that we too, in Jesus, will be resurrected one day. In the same way, death was not the final word over Jesus' life. Death doesn't have to be the final word over any of our lives. Death, the great thing that people have feared for all time, stops being a full stop in our lives and starts being just a doorway into a life that is truly life. For all of the centuries, the hope of the ages has been that there would be something great on the other side of death, that there would be something great on the other side of sickness, on the other side of death of a loved one, on the other side of every hard season, of every disappointment. And that's what I love about the empty tomb, that it doesn't matter how bad life gets, it never tarnishes the hope we have in Jesus. Hope is the key to our life and faith. And I know we do our best in our day and age to forget about death and to put it far from us. 
I mean, we locked down our whole countries to try and avoid death as much as possible. But death is not something any of us have to be afraid of in Jesus. As, as Paul said, the great apostle Paul, he said, to live is Christ and to die is gain because in the resurrection, death becomes a doorway. Today, if you die to your old self in Christ, you get a new life in Jesus and a hope for a life to come. For me, when I was 15, I realized I believed that Jesus did come and that He did give His life for me on that cross and that He was truly resurrected and that He was the God of this universe and that He was my Lord and Savior. I did believe it, but I wasn't living as if it was true. I wasn't living authentic. Who I, what I believed wasn't shaping the way I lived because I was afraid to admit that it was true. I was afraid for what it would mean for my life. I thought that, I knew that it would mean I had to change direction. I knew that it would mean I'd have to lay some stuff down. And I, I had this mindset of God that stopped me of doing it because I thought that God was like a killjoy and God was really just angry with me. And, and I didn't want to give Him my life because I thought that that would mean that I'd have a certain type of life and I, wasn't, I didn't want that type of life. I wanted a life where I was in control. But one day over a kitchen bench, my cousin spoke to me and she said, why are you running away from what you know is true? Why are you running away from what you know is true? And honestly, that question, it pierced through all of my doubt. It pierced through all of my fear. It cut through all of my excuses. And I had to come to terms that night with the fact that if I believe that Jesus died for me, and if I believe He loved me, and I believe this is the greatest news on earth, and that He was raised again for me, why am I not trusting Him with my whole life? And I remember going to my room that night and lying in my bed and saying, God, tonight I stop running from You. No church service, no moment, no keys in the background to make it feel spiritual. Just between me and God, cutting through the crap, deciding to give my life to Jesus. And never once in the last 21 years have I ever regretted that decision. He didn't take my life and make it worse. He took my life and made it more than I ever could have imagined. He poured peace into my life. He poured joy into my life. He brought new people around my life. He gave me a new family for my life. And I wanna to say to everybody here, whether you've given your life to Jesus before or not, today's the day to give it to Him again. Choosing to die to Jesus and to be raised in Jesus' life is not just a one-time decision, it's an everyday decision. It's a decision we get up every morning and we choose it again and again and again. And what a day to choose it on Easter Sunday, 
2022. I want everybody just to give me your attention for a moment longer. If you were here today and you know that Jesus died for you and that He loves you and that He was raised to life for you, if you know that He is the Lord and Savior of this world, but you haven't given yourself over to Him, you haven't really died to Him, What's stopping you today from making that same decision I made in that room all those years ago? The best thing you could do for your family, the best thing you could do for your future, the best thing you could do for your career, the best thing you could do for your mental health, the best thing you could do for your addiction, the best thing you could do for your pain is to choose Jesus. Because at your heart of hearts, And in your soul of souls, it will never be satisfied until you find your maker and you give yourself over to Him. So today, if you're deciding to give yourself to Jesus, would you make that decision in your heart right now? And would you let me pray for you? Would you let me pray for you if you're making that decision? I don't need you to raise a hand. I don't need you to tell anyone else here. I need you to tell God that you're making that decision today. And I'm gonna pray for you. And I'm gonna believe that this is a powerful moment for you. That this is a resurrection moment for you. That this is an empty tomb moment for you. That this is a born again moment for you in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today and we praise you. We thank You for Your Son, Jesus, the name above every other name, the name who died for our sins, the name who conquered death, and the name who was raised again. God, thank You that Your Son, Jesus, is Lord and supreme over all, and we worship Him today as our Lord and Saviour. God, I thank You for every person here who was once far from You, but now they are alive in You, a new creation in You. And God, I thank You for every person that today they're making that decision for the first time. Today they're making that decision to come back to You. We thank You for them. God, would Your Holy Spirit come on them Would Your forgiveness cover them? Would Your new life be born again in them? Would their guilty consciences be cleansed? Would they become new sons and daughters of You, Heavenly Father? God, thank You that the chains are gone and that freedom is coming to them today. Thank You that everything is different from this day. Thank You that through Your grace, and through Your mercy, and by Your love, and by Your sacrifice, we can come just as we are and receive new life. In Jesus' Name, Amen.